Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the whole 115 Yards Women's Football Podcast. Uh, this week we are recording um, a little bit late, so we're reflecting back to game week two, trying to get sort of a game week three. And Lindsay, we've got a lot to talk about, haven't we? Absolutely. I, I don't know where to start. Uh, do we go with refereeing? Do we go with commentary? Do we go with the games? Like, where, where do we start? There's just so much to talk about. So, so much. So, we will try... And uh, I think we should start with the fixtures. So first up, let's have a look at some of the games that are good within their own right, but we'll save the dramatic ones for the end. So first up, let's talk about West Ham winning 2-0 over Brighton. Should West Ham be very proud of that performance? Yeah, I think so. Um it's had a good game. Um, Mackenzie Arnold put some serious saves in, but little Mr. Pendable, she's becoming. Um, she's properly growing into that role and getting the accolades that she deserves. But um, that free kick from Lisa Evans, um, I can see you nodding. I, I, I just, I don't think I've got any words for it. It was just pure perfection, and I just thought, you know, get her in an England. Sh- Obviously, she's Scottish, but you know, like you just want to see her in an England shirt doing that because that was just a pinpoint perfect free kick um, and it's great to see that she's still got the quality and um, moving away from Arsenal like she hasn't lost that touch she's still got it so it's great to see. I was just about to say the quality she had at Arsenal and not that she's lacked it over the last couple of seasons but sometimes due to injury or due to actual kind of managing her minutes things like that we haven't really got to see that much of her have we and that much no. that quality coming through so the fact that she can do that and like you said that pinpoint accuracy to just get it um because we are massive fans of lisa evans and we've said it, yeah. said it for a long time now and um, so fantastic to see her get her moment um, at the weekend so congratulations west ham well earned against a very dominant brighton side because uh, we said last week didn't we they look like a complete new team so the fact that west ham maybe struggled a little bit in their opening match um can do that and dominate at home as well um i think that'll really give them a confident boost won't it Perfect. Okay, so that was a nice, easy one to get through. Um, Let's talk about Tottenham versus Bristol City. So we knew, again, Bristol would have to come out fighting every week to get as many points as they can. They managed to get a goal back um, against Tottenham, but Martha Thomas, what a signing for Spurs. Um, What did you think of that match, 3-1? I thought um, Spurs are looking like a different animal from last season when we saw them last season they were scraping to get up and stay up and they were struggling and losing Beth England to injury um well surgery you just think you know are they going to make it and then Martha here comes Martha Thomas and she's just like hold my beer my non-alcoholic beer because I'm a footballer um and um I'm here and and she's just taking over and they, they had such a dominant display um over Bristol uh, but Bristol, fair play to them. They were still fighting towards the end of the game. They didn't let their heads go down when it was 3-0. They carried on fighting. They got a goal back. And and you just think, yeah, that's the spirit of the WSL. It's about, you know, even being a couple of goals down, you know, still fighting and still believing. And it's great to see that attitude from the Bristol girls. So credit to them where credit's due. The other two goals that came from Spurs were... Um... Artanen and Suminen as well, who again are putting in much better performances um, this season. And for Bristol to go 3-0 down, like you said, and then they get a penalty, that must have given them a bit of hope, mustn't it? To be like, right, okay, we're, we're still in this. Um, and again, we were talking about goal difference, you know, each goal helps at the very end when it when it can come down to that. So yeah, a very comfortable 3-1 win uh, for Tottenham against Bristol. Now, Let's talk about Leicester Everton because we've got a couple of different talking points about this one, haven't we? So Leicester obviously started very strong um, this season and are in fact top of the table with a full six out of six with Liverpool. Now they were not in our predictions um, for the top three, top four for Christmas. So uh, we might have actually been wrong about that one. I'm not quite happy about that. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be proved wrong, isn't it? It's nice to have someone different at the top rather than Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Man United. It's nice to see someone there 
Um, whether it'll still be there at Christmas at the end of the season, different, but it's nice to see, refreshing to see different teams there. Just, um, just shame it's not Villa. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's And I think, like we were saying before, having the 12 teams in the WSL, it, it is anyone's to play for. And because with the men's teams, yes, we would like a couple more teams to come into the league, but with the men sometimes like the the top are untouchable aren't they for the ones near the bottom um and the wsl has been like that for a little bit but now you know that gap and if you look at the table now you wouldn't have expected that last season season before so things are changing and also it's very easy to run away at the top because there's so few games it's very easy to accrue a really high number of points whereas and it's very easy by the same degree to be left at the bottom because you haven't clawed those points and got them on the board. It's a matter of going into every game and whether you're at the top or the bottom thinking, I can get three points and believing that and, and making that happen. Whether you're playing at top of the table, bottom of the table, newly promoted, last season's champions, it doesn't matter. It's about getting those points on the board. Um, and, and yeah, so but it's, it's, it's not a forgiving league at all and it's something that Emma Hayes has mentioned before about getting more teams in to make it more of a competition because there's only 22 games and that's not enough really to get a competitive league it just has a complete chasm effect whereas if you've got like another four teams it'll be a bit more competitive and it won't just be the top runaway teams and the bottom ones fighting for the bottom so yeah yeah, no, incredible. Yeah. Um, and I really hope this season um, can be an example of that. And then we do see someone else. Hopefully Villa aren't out there running, but hopefully someone maybe mixing it up at the top, like United did last season, um, get some get some new yeah. names and new faces in there. We did start talking about Leicester and Everton. Now, it ended 1-0 Leicester, but we said, didn't we, Everton were robbed of a point um so for those that missed it can you give us a quick summary of why we think they were robbed so um there's a in the end towards the end of the game there was uh, a chance on goal and i think it was emma bissell um tried to knock it in and it was given offside but when i watched it on the fa player um who we'll talk about later the angle didn't look like she was offside. There was no handball. There was no foul. And we were like, why is that flagged as a no goal? We just can't understand it. And when we look back at replays, um, we haven't seen it. And what we're looking at is um, when we're look- looking at it, we're not looking at it for like Everton should get the goal. What we're looking at is a decision either way to say, yes, they were robbed or no, they weren't. And the way that it's looking they possibly were and it, it's such a shame because they they were out of the game for most for long periods and then they came back into it and their pressure and everything like they deserve a point so yeah I was a bit disappointed for them that that was cancelled out I couldn't work out at all I don't know about you but uh, for me the angle that you were looking at it but I thought it was just me that couldn't work it out no no I'm the same as you um and I'm even just reading kind of the Everton report on the game and it said you know Emma Bissell who's making a maiden start of the Blues showcased her talent and twice had the ball in the net the assistance flag disallowed both of those attempts for offside I think one I remember was and then you write that other one it was no she was she was onside um yeah so yeah I, I definitely think they were robbed um now my favorite um of the season Martina Piemonte um she lesser had a bit of a stinker of a game didn't she um yeah within the first minute she had a shot on target and it just I think it went wide that one um and it all it went into the hands of the keeper there were so many that she had so many shots and they just weren't going in for it. And, you know, you have those days as a player, don't you, where just nothing goes right. Um, and yeah, it just felt like that was that was how Everton's match went. It was close, but just nothing was coming, nothing was being given. Um, and she she hurt a knee at one point. And of course, when a player goes down after the um, epidemic at Arsenal, you think the worst, but luckily she was up, she had ice pack on and then carried on for another 20 minutes, I think, um, before being subbed off. Um, she didn't play in the Conti Cup 
thankfully so hopefully um and will be all right for this week but yeah you just think what what more could it have taken um for them to get a point but as we said um janina leitzig had a very good match absolutely and saved a penalty as well didn't she so yep. again everton weren't without their chances um so just with that if everton could get those shots on target because looking at the stats there's nothing in them between the two teams so how do you think everton are setting up for this season compared to what we predicted it's coming true i think they've got the talent you see this is the thing they've got the talent to do well but they're not clicking yeah. it's not clicking for them yet and you know they've got Pimante come in but for her I've seen her play internationally I've seen her play um in a home home team and I'm just looking at it and I'm thinking this isn't a player that I saw then because she was really good and I just feel like she's taking time to adjust because we noticed that when players come into WSL from other other leagues other countries they take a time to decompress very few hit the ground running and can just do a raffer of arsenal and and just and do a rachel daily and just walk in to the wsl and be like yep yeah, i'm here let's go very few can, can do it when yes, they play you know, different leagues at another time um daphne von domstar is another one that can just do it so you can understand why it's not happening, but I just feel for her because she's trying really hard and the more she tries, the more frustrated she gets and then the worse it gets. And it's almost like yeah. it's a performance anxiety. And if she just relaxes and is just patient, then I'm hoping it will come for her. And the same for Everton. If they're patient, it will come. But the problem is, in this league, like we've already said, how patient can you be when you need points on the board to stay up? And it's not like, like in the men's league where, you know, you've got... 23 other teams to play against and it's like well you know I've got 46 games so it doesn't click in the first two it doesn't matter it's like every game matters and we were saying this off air weren't we it's like a, an advert for um Tesco every little helps every single point on the board helps you know and that's what you need to stay up it's a dog eat dog league so I'm just hoping that Everton can pick up and, and put some points on the on the board uh, obviously not to get above Villa, but you know, I just want them to, to do to do well. Yeah, you want them to reflect what they've got, don't you? The quality of that. Yeah, got. absolutely. Um, do themselves justice. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's perfect explanation. Well done. Proud of that. Um, yeah, they... And it's, you know, most teams in the league now, they've got so much quality and you want everyone to get the points they deserve. But then we know football's not fair. <laughs> so yeah. it could be a 95th minute equaliser, Chelsea, that we'll talk about in a second. But um, yeah, it's how long will it take for it to click, for it to work? Will these Conti Cup games help? Will it not if the squad rotation? And it's it's trusting your manager to get the right balance, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. To be, able to, to be able to click and gel as a team. Perfect. Now that match also caused a bit of controversy, uh, not between the two of us, but we we um, noticed something, didn't we? So I watched the match live on the FA Player and commentary, brilliant, really happy with it. Um, but you watched it on the catch up and the highlights, didn't you? And um, what did yeah. you notice? I noticed that um, a certain individual's name was... Um creatively changed using some um, artistic license shall we say <laughs> um uh and uh Love it. i couldn't believe my ears so i screenshot it and said is this me hearing things or have they got this really wrong and um i'll let you <laughs> explain yeah um so we've got this thing when and we are english so we you know we we know this very well that some english people are quite lazy when it comes to name pronunciations or 
words that come from a different country that we've kind of anglicized a little bit or correct pronunciation now there's a fantastic jay-z jay-z yeah we'll talk about her. um now there's a fantastic twitter account um uh, that michael mccann helps um to run and it's called wsl name pronunciations and it's a fantastic document i think i've talked about it before and it's got clips where possible of players saying their own names so all it takes for commentators or fans or anyone who's going to talk about the players to have a little look, how do I say this phonetically and try your best. We, as non-native speakers, you're never going to be perfect, but it's the effort that counts, isn't it? And so yeah. Martina Piemonte, Italian, spelt Piemonte. So Italian, nice and straightforward, say what you see, a bit like Spanish. Um, However, the lady doing the highlights, uh, what did she call her? Piedmont. Yeah, she called her uh, Piedmont. Now, Piedmont. Piedmont. That's it, now, there is no D in her name. Um, now, unless she's looking at it from maybe a French perspective, where it's more of a Mont rather than a Monte, fine. But there's no D in Piemonte. Um, so Piedmont is an actual place. So unless she's got a bit confused with the place rather than the surname, I don't know. But it shouldn't be happening at this level, should it? Um, because you sent it to me and I was like, no, he was saying Piemonte correctly. And you were like, no, no, this is a this is a woman. So it just shows you even from live broadcast to recording for the highlights, how much that quality changes. Um, and it's it's really upsetting is probably too strong a word or maybe it isn't but for example jace from man united um is a massive one and we made a meme of it um that's been going around and it's lots of people are calling her jay-z now i can again i can see why people are saying it um i know at one point i used to um jace I think because that's what it sounded like when the Barca players were talking about her. Um, so it does depend on accent and things like that. But in her video, she calls herself Jace. And I think it's because in English, we don't have that j sound. So we wouldn't think to pronounce it like that. A lot of it is just a bit of ignorance, really, when coming to terms with players. And I just think it's such a simple thing that when your job revolves around it, Surely you can get it right, right? Absolutely. And I remember Piemonte as the man from Del Monte with the hat and the pineapple. <laughs> so, um, uh, so sorry, Martina. I mean, I, when I see your name, I always think of pineapple rings. So I'm really sorry. But yeah, she's <laughs> she's great. Um, but when it's pronunciation, it's about getting, you know, thinking about what you can associate with it. So I can understand, like, my brain works really weird, but that's how I remember her pronunciation. I still get it wrong because got a speech impediment but I still try and I don't call her completely the wrong name with some artistic license which really grinds our gears and gets our goat because it's just not it's not respectful to the players and some of them get it a lot yeah. um there's a couple that I can think of off the top of my head that get it a lot um but it's just not not fair I think if if you're going to be a fan um you know, you want to say that the player's name right because when they come to speak to you, if they ask you your name, you want them to say your name right, and it goes both ways. And with commentators, it's their professional responsibility to get it right. They wouldn't do it in the men's game, so why would they do it in the women's game? And you think about um, athletics commentators, for example, and with the, the long distance running, some of the Kenyan names are very difficult to pronounce but they still go away and learn how to say it. And I just think it just takes a little bit of effort and, and product knowledge, um, so to speak, just to get it right. And Michael McCann always gets it right um, because he goes away and does the research. We just use him as a benchmark because he goes away and does his research, regardless of what sport he's commentating yeah. on. He'll go away, he'll have a spreadsheet of it written down phonetically, and he'll have a good bash at it. And if he gets it wrong or he doesn't get it right or he's not sure and you just get the opportunity to speak to the players, he asks them, like, how do I get it right? And and for someone to take ownership of getting it right, I think that's really, like, a really good thing to yeah. see. So we bang on about it all the time. We probably get it wrong, um, but at least we're trying to be informed about it and we're not just making a hash of it, which is what happened in that game. 
we won't rant too much more but yeah <laughs> yeah no absolutely and like you said i was going to mention that when um, michael puts on his instagram stories kind of his notes for the match and everything's phonetically written out and you know that's just it's it's brilliant because once you've learned it you know how to say it that's fine it's like reading in any language as soon as you're able to put the sounds together you can read you don't need your notes you don't need your building blocks anymore um so yeah it's just it's just doing your research isn't it and putting the effort in um but yeah so that's a shame because the one we always go to as well as hope pal when she couldn't say pallova she should always say pavlova and it's like you know especially someone of her status definitely should not be happening um but yeah so we hope that the more we talk about it the more we harp on about it um people will will get the message um because it shouldn't be for players to be like actually my name's this because you can kind of feel a bit not a bit rude but a bit you know you don't want to cause an argument or things like that but you just want people to to be able to see your name correctly and also with girls, if you challenge something or you say, oh, my name's like this, then the media will portray you as having an attitude problem. And it's how do you PR manage it politely and discreetly? And a lot of these players aren't British, so they're trying not to rock the boat. Yeah. So we should be respectful to them. And, you know, obviously where it gets around and you learn, but... Yeah, you just want to um, have a bit like how really people ask, okay, can I just check your pronouns? Can I ask your name? Can I ask? And it's just getting the respectful things right, isn't it? So, um, so yeah. we will stop talking about that, but that's what we want to see a massive change, don't we? That quality um, yeah, of absolutely. commentating and streaming reflected the actual quality that's coming up in the women's game so there we go we will get off our sort box now and we will go on to the next match right okay so let's go to uh, the earliest one in the week which was man united arsenal now we actually recorded last week's pod which i've had a lot of issues with the audio it just wasn't working so i might have to put key bits from that in this one to try and salvage something um but that was actually going on was it going on when we were doing it or did we do it the day before um but i, I think we did it, we did it the day yeah. off i think we did it the day off because it was a friday match yes. wasn't it so i think we did it the friday night yeah so uh, <laughs> it feels like our game weeks are all over the place but man united arsenal yeah. so we there was big talk in the game we were talking about the media how it can actually be a really positive thing but it can also be a very negative thing and there was lots of rumors stories going around about alessia russo coming back to lee sports village how will she be um received and things like that and you know leah galton said yeah I'll welcome her back with open arms you know blah 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 uh, and then ella toon said no i'm not i've told her i'm not a friend for 90 minutes and it's, <laughs> it just shows you, you 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 can have both but some you know um she's the enemy at the end of the day now isn't she for for the match um, not that they'd go easy on her anyway, but you've got to think of it as your team, their team, haven't you? Um, yeah. Now, we follow a lot of fan accounts and we obviously see things on Twitter and other social media. And a lot of people were talking about she's not going to get a good reception. So before we talk about what the actual reception was like, do you think that that should have even been a conversation about how she's going to be welcome back to LSV. Yeah. Yeah. So I said this about, uh, sort of that's on the pod. Um, was it last week? Uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> so when we did the only one United club podcast with Atanu and Natalie, um, I mentioned it um, as an issue where the media can be your best friend, but it can also be a curse. And what I find is, they like to stir up trouble. They like to stir the pot. And what I found was there was a lot of stirring involved and hyping up of the situation for Alessia to the point that I actually worried for her mental health. Obviously, with players, they know that, I always say, you know, it's a, 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 a privilege to have the pressure. But it's not fair to have them like bullied and hounded on the press and then people writing, you know, like, oh, she comes back, I'm going to boo her, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that and make, you know, making threats. And you just think it's a game. Like we're all passionate fans. We all want our team to do well, but it's a game. 
and you have to leave it at that. It, there's, a, there's a line between becoming obsessive and and not. And we want um, fans of football to be all for the girls. You know, for that ninety minutes, you're a fan of you know whichever team you want, or you're going to sit on the fence and eat popcorn and enjoy it. You know, you're going to be one of the three, but you aren't there going, oh, if she comes near me, I'm gonna like give her a mouthful and this that and the other. There's no place for it, absolutely no place for it. And we've already talked about safety of players being an issue with um, Autograph Alley, which has been introduced to help Man City fans and the players. So I think that the media has made it a bit more of an issue than it actually was. Because, you know, look at... I hate using men's comparisons, but Jack Grealish going from Villa to Man City, it was a big thing. And he was like, you sold out your, your, your school boy club you've gone for money blah blah when Villa offered to match his wages and he went no I'm going because I want to win trophies fair enough yeah and I was one of those fans that was like Jack don't go but I was like but you have to do what's right for you and if for Alessia the right thing is to go to London to play for Arsenal to be coached by Kelly Smith who is one of her idols like it should be stupid to turn that down and I know that through the grapevine that the money that she was offered at Arsenal was matched by United so you know it was about being in the right place at the right time for her and if she feels that her development for England and at club level is better by moving fair play to her because um and what happened I think was just absolutely disgraceful but a media had a lot of involvement in that and I think some of the behaviour that I've seen on social media on Twitter and TikTok was just no words, absolutely no words, and she was just going for. So I don't know about you, but I was manifesting an Alessio Russo goal just to shut them up because I thought I'm not having this. Uh, yeah, I was definitely the same boat as you. And just before I go off on a tangent, and um, yeah, when you're in the normal workplace, if your colleague gets a better suited job for them, you wish them all the best. Yeah, you're going to miss them, of course you are, but. If that's for them, you would never hold someone back just to make you happy because that is so selfish. Like that's not how the real world works. And the when people talk about, ah, oh, it's a bit of banter, a bit of banter would have been the first couple of touches, boo, ah, whatever. But it was like, what? Into added time of the full time, they were still booing her. Um, and it was like, what's your point? What are you getting at? Like, you've made it known she's played the whole match, which she wasn't doing for United, which says something already. Um, and yeah, when when that pass hit the crossbar, uh, I was willing that to go in and talking to uh, Camilla, who we did uh, the podcast with, um, the video podcast with, uh, which is on our YouTube, if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, and she was saying exactly the same thing. She was like, the reception she got was horrendous and if she really meant that much to you that she broke your heart you're now treating her like that so what what is the point um but the fact that Rousseau played as well as she did nearly had that shot um nearly had that goal sorry and she was involved in one of the goals yeah. wasn't she she didn't get the assist but I'm sure she was involved she, in the player yeah, I think she was that the one where she kind of drew Millie Turner away. So she let I think so. Yeah. Someone have a shot. Oh, I can't remember now. So much has happened. Um, but yeah, so she's playing much deeper than she was. And she it just feels like this is her game now and like the team, and yeah. she just seems a lot more settled and a lot happier. Um, so you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes in, in at United, but it seems like not. It's not that great. Um, but obviously we know nothing. Um and Jen Beatty was was singing her praises, wasn't yes. she, about how hard she used to play against. And Kim Little sat there like, can't give much away because it's like training <laughs> secrets. But she was like, you know, I'm impressed. And for Kim Little yeah. to say, I'm impressed, you've got to be something special. Mm-hmm. And I just want to point out at the end of the match, they all did their greeting and everything, but Katie McCabe went over to Alessia and put her arm around her and shepherded her off the pitch because I think for Alessia, she never got that I'm going to get to say goodbye match 
And I think she would have liked it if by the end of the match the fans would have turned around and she could have gone and thanked them. But I think for her, it was like, I've been really ostracised here. And I think Katie McCabe going over, Katie McCabe likes to be the villain. She thrives on it. Um, She likes to be the bad girl. Um, And uh, I just think that Katie going over to her, both as a captain for a country, but having that mentality just showed that she's part of the team. And, and, And Katie... Katie wouldn't do that for just anybody. So it was great the way that she went over and in a maternal way put her arm around her and was like, come on, let's go and, and try to build her up and build her confidence. And I just thought, you know, hats off to Katie. She's getting a lot of hate at the moment, but, you know, that was a really good move. And I just wanted to bring it because I don't think it, it gets a lot of attention on the media because everybody's like focusing on other things in the game. But I just thought that bit at the end with Katie saying, look, come on, just leave it, let's go just showed maturity that Katie herself doesn't have on, on the pitch but as a leader because she's she's just a just a brute and she thrives on it um I'm sure she won't mind me saying that but I think the fact that she was like that with with Alessia was just lovely and it just to, to me it made my heart melt and I was like at least Alessia has got a friend and someone who's going to help her get off the pitch before the Bane fans get to her yeah, and the fact that, so again, we know it wasn't all United fans. It sounded like it, but we know it wasn't all of you. Um, but the fact that every time they booed, the Arsenal fans yeah. just started singing as loud as they could and did not stop um, the whole match. Just again, George has made the right choice. She's, you know, she's at a club that respect her and want her there um, and really appreciate her. And it's... Yeah, to have that feeling that travelling fans, yeah. you know, and she even put it on our Instagram, didn't she? I heard you. Um, so, again, that would have spurred her on to be like, right, okay, to United fans, that's how you're going to treat me, but that's how they're treating me. Um, so, if I can, I'll get a goal for them. Um, but, yeah, 2-2, do you think that was a fair score for the night? Or what do you think? Who should have ended it, maybe? So, I watched the highlights because I'm poor and don't have Sky Sports. But I thought that, it was two mistakes that got United their goals. And if if that's what it took, two mistakes, um, United are, are teams that you you can't sleep on them. You just you just can't and you can't give them a chance because if you do, they'll punish you on the counter. Um so I thought that Arsenal I don't want to do a disservice with my choice of words here, um, but through Lack of clinicalness, shall we say, um, cost themselves three points, and they could have, you know, taken it. And if that Lessie chance had gone in, then it would have been three two. So I think they did themselves a bit of a disservice, but it shows that the Arsenal that got defeated on opening week actually are bouncing back. They're still not clicked. They're still struggling, but they're getting better and with Beth Mead coming back this weekend hopefully hopefully it'll just be like a 10 minute runabout or 20 minute runabout because it's not too much too soon for her um you know that will help get them back into the get the oil going and get the train going um but I do think that Arsenal rob themselves of of the three points I don't know about you but I obviously saw the highlights so what about you because I know that you watched the whole game yeah, it was it was a really good match. It was end to end. It was constant. It was so happy for Steen Blackstonius to get her goal Absolutely. to remind people how good she is and how good she can be. So we just need that, but consistently. Um, but she she needs that confidence, doesn't she? So hopefully now that'll again, hopefully not for Sunday. Um, if she can have an off day, that'd be great. Um, but. Yeah, to see, again, her quality coming back. And like you said, it's just a case of they've got so many new people coming in. It's just, it's time to gel and learn how to communicate. And, you know, some things like rotation of the goalkeepers. I know Jonas at the minute, you know, he's got since Berger and Sabs D'Angelo. And we were talking about this. Did we talk about it? I, I don't even know. I think, we, I think we did. Because we were saying, like, they need... They need, they need an goal elite care. goalkeeper. Um, because we were saying about Hannah Hampson goes to Chelsea, where she could have gone ultimately to Arsenal, or they could have had yeah. Mary Earps. And I think they talked about this on All for United about she could have, you know, they could have got 
Mary Earps, they could have got Hannah Hampton in this window, who would have been an upgrade on what they've got. And yeah. they've ended up with two goalkeepers that are good, but they're not part of the vision as to where they're going and they're not at that level. Um, and they need to do a bit of an Emma Hayes and nick some goalkeepers um, because that's going to cost them. And if, if those mistakes hadn't happened, they, everybody has bad days, but I just think if those mistakes hadn't happened, then they would be in a lot better position. Mm. Um, they've kind of done themselves a bit of a disservice. And also, Kayla Marquise, is it Marquise? Um, who was their goalkeeper last year. Yeah. Um, she had a bit of a howler. It was a strange well. one for Bristol, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So um, she, she had a, a howler kicking the ball away and it hit the back of her first play and went in. So I think it was just a bad Arsenal week for yeah. Arsenal goalies in general. I think they just had an off day. Um, but hopefully it's out their system. But if they can if they can have it again this weekend, that'd be fantastic. Thank <laughs> you, please. Um, but, yeah, they yeah, can start training I... the week after, but for Villa this weekend, if they could just, yeah. Yeah. Just kick all of it. That would be, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I'd love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Arsenal are starting to regain their former selves. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, on paper, that quality, like, they should be, they should be robbing people of points, um, left, right and centre, not drawing. But it also shows United, their levels, how much they've developed, how much they've grown, um, despite what could be going on behind the scenes. Um, but we also just want to quickly talk about how... Jace, um, coming in from Barcelona, has had to adapt to the WSL and playing very well, but not the Jace that we know from Barca, the prolific goal scorer. The so again, the quality's there, but not finding the like that extra one percent to get the ball in the back of the net. But then we said, well, actually, in that Champions League match against PSG, she came alive in that match and that's where her quality is and that's what she's striving for and that's where she wants to be she wants to be champions league she wants to be up there you can tell we just need that passion that fire that everything we just need that in the wsl as well so i don't know what it was about that champions league match maybe it was the moment maybe it was the occasion um but yeah something kind of lit a fire in it It was like right okay there's jace there she is uh but leah galton as well like we need to sing her praises more often. Like she, yeah. she's phenomenal, isn't she? Absolutely. I was going to say uh, with the Jace point, I think when you play Champions League, a lot of the teams are international, and the international way of, or the European way of playing is very similar to the Spanish way of playing. So mm-hmm. for her, it feels like home. So she's like, right, I know what to do, and I know this, and I know that. With the WSL, she's still finding her feet. She's still taking on board. She's still learning the language, and it's trying to get her to understand, you know, when to make a run, when not to make a run, when to make a pass, when not to. She's new, she's learning, you know, she's got 22 other players in that squad with her, and she's got to learn how to be you know the player that she wants to be and where that fits in with the vision of the club and it, she thinks she finds that quite hard whereas um which is the same as like Martina Piemonte that we were saying about Everton earlier whereas in a Champions League she's like oh I'm on, at home and she's just like on fire and absolutely on fire um yeah. and I think we'll see that from Lena Hertig as well this season in a WSL she'll take because she was out most of the season with injury wasn't she and I think this season wow. she'll she'll um She'll she'll find a feat because she's got a little bit of WSL experience when it comes to Champions League because she's used to it. I think she'll have better games there, but it will even up. It will come. It just needs to be again patient. And the good thing about Jace is she's so talented, and we've seen it already in glimpses that she will become unplayable. If people think Lauren James is unplayable, then they've seen nothing on on what she potentially could be with the right coaching and the right team and the right setup and whether she will go back to Barcelona as the number one striker um who knows um or she might go to another team and and have the same effect but yeah I think she's 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 playing really well and it's great to see um, the flair that she plays with the Brazilian flair, you know, we all we all love to see that. It's it's lovely to watch, uh, just not when it's against your team. 
<laughs> yeah, it's nice when it just comes out effortlessly and you're just like, yeah, this this is making our league one of the one of the best in the world, if not the best. Lauren James, nice little segue. Let's talk about Man City Chelsea, shall we? So this was the worst reffing I think we've ever seen. Yeah. Not being dramatic in the slightest. Um, and now uh, there was a, a clickbait, um, which worked because I clicked on it, from the Daily Mail, I think. Sun, Mirror, one of those. And it said, um, after that week's performance, Emily Heaslip has been taken off WSL duty. It, <laughs> she's just not on any WSL matches. She's just gone over to the men's game in League Two and some cup games. Um, but yeah, but the title was Emily Heaslip, decision made on ref after horrendous match it's, eh, it could be a reason or it could just be that she's refereeing those games she's been scheduled to do that um got a long now, history of giving a lot of cards out though when you look back at all the games she gives out a lot of cards mm. so it's not even like she just persecuted those two teams uh persecuted being probably the key word there but um mm. it, she just yeah, yeah it she wasn't just, a one-off having a bad day it was a consistent for a while but what we were saying that was quite interesting. She refed the last fixture, um, Arsenal Liverpool, where she was criticised and condemned very heavily for letting a lot of time wasting go. So probably someone's had a word with her and gone, "Boy, crack down on that." And she's took crack down on that as two seconds card. Um, so it's it's all about common sense in the game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We've talked about it till we're blue in the face that. Some refing is black and white. A lot of it is still down to interpretation, which is where this whole time-wasting issue went. Now, you'll have probably seen across social media that everyone is talking about it. Um, Casey Stoney commented on it, Beth Mead. Like, when the players of different teams are commenting on it, um, Arusha commented on it as well. Um, we watched another game after, didn't we? And they were going, no, this was that game. There would have been a card for that. And it was all uh, Yeah, so that was the sassy commentary I was talking about um, on the um, Leicester-Everton match. It was like, oh, bit of time waste in there. Oh, that would have been a card in the other game. And it's, so the ridiculousness of it was, it was just bizarre, wasn't it? Because there were a couple of, challenges so alex greenwood's first yellow was a yellow yeah. like no one's disputing that that's fine um lauren hemp's was it her second yellow yeah that was a foul but the first one wasn't that was but really the, so the first one was dissent, dissent wasn't it? but it wasn't it was just because but it wasn't really dissent the wrong decision was given and she just like went a bit rah but she wasn't like up in the in the breath's face she was just like yeah what what the what the bananas are you doing kind of thing yeah and it wasn't even at her she just kind of walked off and was like ah you know um and it's i get crowding the ref wrong shouting at the ref also wrong swearing at the ref of course wrong but when you can't even have a conversation with the ref or even ask why without thinking am i going to get a card for asking like that that's where you know there's an issue and i think she lost control of that match very early on yeah so i think maybe tried to get the cards out to regain a sense of authority no but it's i was i was saying this um to my wife when we we're watching it i was like they always tell you respect is earned but respect works both ways yeah so both of you have to earn it and if she just stuck to the yellows for the tackles fine because there were a couple uh neve charles got one um for chelsea let's just get them up because i have a list um so they were for descent they were for descent <laughs> um yeah so neve charles got one um kankovic got one uh lauren james got one and then the rest went to man city now the fact that city went one nil up and we've, we've got to talk about alex greenwood's sending off she was shown a second yellow for time for, wasting and she wasn't even time wasting <laughs> for time wasting in the 38th minute when they were one nil up now time wasting is in the 93rd minute when you've got 94 minutes of added time and you're keeping the ball in the corner that's time wasting that's fine but when you're the captain you're playing out from the back 
you're trying to assess your move. Now, actually, I was listening to um, Upfront Pod. Um, very good. Give a listen if you haven't. And they had spotted something that I think I missed when I watched it. Now, the ref was actually in the way of one of Alex's options. So Alex has got the ball. She looks to go short to, I can't remember who was in front of her, but the ref was in the way. So she didn't. So she takes it back, has another look and goes to kick it long to the other side of the pitch. And that's when she gets the whistle blown. Now there was no communication from the ref to hurry up. And we all said, if she'd said to Alex, right, come on, hurry it up a bit. And she didn't. Okay, fine. But she didn't, did she? It wasn't like she'd done it before either. It wasn't like it was no. repeat time racing. And when she went to run up and then she stopped herself and then she moved her body shape so she could pass it in the direction that she was going to. So it wasn't like she she just changed her mind because she couldn't do what she wanted to do. So it wasn't like she just like, oh, I'm going to run up and I'm going to kill some time or I'm going to run up in this way and, and take the mickey. She wasn't even yeah. taking the mickey with it. Like we've seen Chelsea time waste we have really seen them time waste um we've seen them the goalkeepers we've seen them do it everywhere and I was like there's none of that she goes to do it realizes she can't and she can't carry on with it because her body's in the wrong shape her feet are in the wrong place so it's a hundredth cap she wants to you know a family's in the crowd she wants to do them justice and 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 she's about to do something else and it's just like absolute I just don't get it at all and at least she walked off like if that had been me I would have been probably justifying the yellow card by giving the ref a mouthful like what you're playing at um but like even her, her her fellow players were like what was that for and all they said was what was that for and they got a yellow card and it was like you know where's you know there must be a dialogue between the ref and the players to say it was time wasting you know, you have to do that rather than be like, oh, I'm in charge, so I'm just going to hand them out willy-nilly because that's just bad refereeing and bad communication. But I think she just had a bad day in general. So I think... Yeah, yeah so the two, uh, felt two yellow cards for questioning that second yellow for Alex Greenwood, uh, Jill Rod and uh, Alexandri as well. Uh, when you've got to a point, so I remember putting on socials that the record for yellow cards, well, cards, sorry, in a match was was it seven and in this game there were one two three four five six seven just for city um eight nine ten with the 11th going to gareth taylor who was rightly questioning what on earth is going on um and the fact that um lauren hemp went down after a very nasty tackle um really landed really awkwardly on her shoulder proper clattered it um and i can't remember who did it but they they didn't get a card they didn't get anything and i'm like and she wasn't running right for the rest of the game like you could tell it was really really painful um before again she got sent off um with a second yellow and it's just there was no consistency in that at all and it just, again, begs the question, what needs to happen? Like City went down to nine before Chelsea could finally break them down and get a goal back. But why are we going down to nine players in a match? That's it's not, it's, it's not even like it's violent conduct. It's not like Hempo would like... <sighs> done a... I was going to say, Kirsty Hansen got a red card for, you know, a, a questionable challenge. Probably a yellow. So why, you know, Hempo and, and, and Alex are now, because they they got two yellows, not a straight red, they can't appeal it. So they are out. Um, and it's not even like it's violent conduct. Like if, if Hempo had, had gone up to the um, uh, the ref and flicked birds and stuff at her, then fair enough, you'd understand that. Or if she decided to be a boxer, then then yeah. And if Alex Greenwood had, had done something like properly nasty, then... Fair enough, but it's getting to a point where you know that first tempo yellow that could have been words of advice like calm down, stop being stupid. Yep. If you do it, carry on, then and you don't respect my decisions, then I'll give you a card. Same with the Alex Greenwood, it can be like hurry up, but yeah. you, you're getting yellow. Any 
Yeah. In any workplace, the first stage of a disciplinary is a verbal warning. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of across the board. You tell someone first, if they still do it, okay, then you get a sanction. Like it's, that's the way it should be. And that ref wasn't communicating that at all. Um, so yeah, so that ended one, one, I was absolutely good. I needed to lie down in a dark room after that match. My heart could not take it. Um, and yeah, city were robbed of those points because the fact that they held on and played probably the best I've seen them play in, well, the season they we said it was their season. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to do really well because to Chelsea weren't clicking, Chelsea weren't playing their best, but they still held them off for 95 minutes. Um, I don't know where all that added time came from, probably all of the cards that were going on. But yeah, they they deserve to win that. So I was a bit, I was a bit gutted that they didn't. Um, Can we just have a big shout to Kiara Keating? Because she's yes. a player that I mentioned last season. Um, I have been banging on like a, 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 a sore thumb um, to you about her praises and how I would like to see her in the England senior setup, which is in the junior setup. Uh, when we were doing our World Cup stuff, I said I would love to see her there with Hannah Hampton and Mary Earps, not for game time because she isn't going to get game time, but just there for the experience and working with players at that level. I think it will take her game on a next level and she proves that she could hold her own and you know, she's a junior player, she's only young, uh, a bit like Hannah Hampton, but she proved that at the top level against Chelsea, who can be absolutely ruthless, she kept them well at bay, absolutely well at bay. And I just think that she's a player for the future. And if yeah. she can be, because everybody said, look at Mary Epps, for example, they were talking about Mary Epps like five, six years ago and said she was good, but she wasn't anything special. And then in recent years, she's gone away. She's got more experience. She's had better coaching, which has been an investment into the women's game. And she yeah. can be unbeatable in some of her games. She's an absolute cat. So I think Kiara, if she's coming in with that raw talent, then I yeah. think someone can mould her into a pure diamond and she will be the the Peter Schmeichel of of the women's game because she will just be unbeatable absolutely unbeatable and I think between her and Daphne I don't know in five years time who's going to be the better goalkeeper it's all going to depend on investment into the goalkeeping Daphne is amazing so it's going to take a lot to catch her up but you know Kiara is a little bit younger and you know she she might have a bit more investment put her way but you can just see that those two will be keepers at the top of their game and they are absolutely stand out uh, so I just wanted a big shout out to Kiara because she's playing, taking the opportunities that she's given. Um, they said that she was in the, the squad due to rotation. Um, and, and it's great to see see her get the minutes. And I'm hoping that, no disrespect to Ellie and Sandy, I'm hoping that she can solidify that number one spot as her own in the next two yeah. years because she has the capability to do it. And I would hate for City to lose a really good player like that that you know if they get champions league this year they're going to need a goalkeeper like that next season so i'm really hoping so big shout out to my girl and um yeah um other people are starting to see her now so i just hope that nobody like emma hayes steals her um because emma hayes is building a starting 11 of goalkeepers isn't she so uh yes yeah uh yeah massive shout out to kiaraki and she we put it on all our socials at the time didn't we yeah. she absolutely outstanding and to have that much composure at that such a young age yeah she's yeah is destined for phenomenal things so fingers crossed we see it in the uh, senior setup very very soon now we have one more thing to talk about um and i said we'd be done before it so let's talk really quickly um we need to talk about aston villa because they did not show up against Liverpool, um, which breaks our hearts to say. Um, not taking anything away from Liverpool, they played brilliantly. They were so strong, they were so dominant. Taylor Hines, Gemma Bonner, uh, who else, Coivisto, like they've got such an underrated squad. They're all on fire, we weren't they? They were just, they were just yeah. like, relentless and we just played too narrow and we gave them so much space on the wings 
that they could just mm. run down and pop a ball in and we were just like panic 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 don't know what to do and um and we only had three players running up and down and Daphne so you know yeah. 11 versus four wasn't really going to happen was it um, very good odds was it yeah it's just, um, it's just not clicking we... for us no, there's something not there. And we we knew we'd miss Kirsty Hansen. Uh, we knew we'd miss Kenza Darley. Um, we haven't got updates when Kenza will be back. At the uh, international know... window, apparently. According yeah. to something I read today, but, you know, that's a bit vague. Um, it's, uh, yeah, which international window? Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, so it's, it's, it's not this weekend is it um so yeah so we knew we were missing our key players but we know we've got talent we know we've got quality and we just want to shout out lucy parker lucy Staniforth, adriana leon and um i wasn't that impressed with daphne have to be honest but yeah we they were the only three that were running for their lives um they were fighting tooth and nail and we talked more about it in uh, the blog that we did this week and um, so please give that a read if you haven't already uh links should be up on our socials but yeah it just felt like well we predicted didn't we that right they lost just to man united in the opener they're gonna come back liverpool theoretically should be a nice three points and uh yeah couldn't even get one um but you know best team won on the night didn't they so what because we're still gonna be missing Kirsty and Kenza this weekend we are going to the Emirates against Arsenal what do Villa need to do to get a point to get anything this weekend do you think well the thing is we Kirsty Hansen's always a big miss isn't she when we last season when she wasn't there uh because of cup ties and stuff um because she was on loan we missed her but this season, we've got Lucy Stan, Lucy Parker, Adriana Leon, and Alicia Lehman. So if we've got those players in similar areas, then if we adapt, um, I'm not saying someone shoehorned into her position, but if we adapt, then we can absorb the loss of not having Kenza and not having Kirsty. Will it be as good? Probably not, because they're not as tenacious as them pair, but you know, we can kind of limp through. Um, but I'm looking at Arsenal and thinking, Rachel stands a good chance if... Because the, the, Rachel in that game, it just wasn't working for her. It just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And I think if it can work for her in, in that Arsenal game, with the way their goalkeeping's going, we stand a good chance. And the same with their back four. Their back four is all at six and seven, so we stand a good chance. Mm-hmm. The problem we've got is their midfield. And our midfield in the last two games, has been overrun very easily because we've either played too deep or too high up and left gaps. And this is the problem we've got. We need to secure that midfield. And I think we need to move players around and maybe play them slightly out of position to get the best out of the game. Um, yeah. You know, That involves putting Dree in the middle, um, sort of playing in front of midfield and then coming back to play a bit deep rather than playing on the wing, just to get those tackles in and be a physical presence to help Lucy Parker out in the middle, which then frees up someone like Jordan Nobbs to run round and do the Kenza Darley creative, maybe. Yeah. But I think we need to have a firm look at our squad and be like, you need to turn up because we can't carry on the way that we are. But Arsenal is really tough. But we played them last season, we lost and we won. Um, yeah. I think if we can turn up like we did on that away game, which I know you went to, um, we yeah. can we can win. Um, and I'm not deluded in that because we've got some really good talent. But Ebony Salmon needs to find a confidence because it's yeah. just it's just not there. Um, which I know Carla will bring back, so I'm not worried about that. Right? Well, it's like we said about coming into the WSL, doesn't yeah. we? It's that some players can, some people take their time, and Ebony's one of them that just needs needs time to adjust, she's, doesn't she? She's played it. She's played like high level before, but it's just getting herself back. adjusted yeah. back into this setup. And I think because um, May Leticia clattered her, I think her confidence has been knocked since that, and I just need to see her out there hungry and running because she if she runs at that Arsenal defence, then yeah. Jen Beatty isn't keeping up with her. Lotta isn't keeping up with her. So it's no. whoever runs back from midfield that catches up with her. And she's quick, very quick. So yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to face her with Rachel Daly chasing behind. Um, so I think we need to do a lot of 
groundwork as to who's playing where, turning up, you know, really playing for your badge. And if they play for the badge, then, you know, we stand a good chance of coming away with something. But it's at the Emirates, they're going to have a big crowd behind them. Um, the Red and White Army, I believe it is, the supporters club. Uh, big shout yeah. out to them. They always come loud, proud. Um, they don't need megaphones. They're just so, <laughs> so you know, they're, they're just amazing. So I know that, you know, we're going to their territory to go and steal a point or three off them. And I think, you know, we, we can do an upset because an upset's already been done this season. But we need to really be on our A game. And I don't know how we can turn it around from la the last two weeks. We seem to be going downhill. And this is where we were talking about this fifth place curse that happens to Everton and West Ham, you know, and they slid down the 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 league uh, the following season after a really good one. And I think if Carla can pick them up and pick their confidence up, then we stand a good chance. And then when Kirsty is back then we can really kick on. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to do it in Carlo, we trust, which is very vague, but I'm really hoping that we, we can do, do it. But we have some, we we have some good players. And I think Adriana yeah. Leon and Lucy Parker are going to be pivotal to this game. With the running and the relentless running that they do, they're going to really do well. So really hoping for a good game from them again. Um, and Lucy Stan always puts in a good shift, doesn't she? So I'm just hoping that people don't go AWOL and go missing, which happened last week, which should have been a game where we should have come away with a point at least. Yeah, and Carla said in her post-match interview last week, you know, it starts and stops with her, the team selection, the subs, the everything, and it's also her job to pick them back up again. And we know how great she is. We always talk about the Carla Ward magic. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully she's sprinkled her fairy dust over the players for this weekend. And a massive shout out to everyone making the journey, by the way. Um, me and George and my wife are going with the um, Aston Villa Women Fan Club. And we're going on the coach. We made friends. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, but apparently there's over 700 Villa supporters going. According to stats from the Supporters Association, which is phenomenal. So if we can get you know, we'll be singing, we'll be everything and just letting our team know that we are there. And, you know, yeah, we didn't have a great last two matches, but who cares? That's in the past. We move on and we build and we go. And I think that's all, that's all we can hope for, isn't it? So should we do a prediction? I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do quick prediction, even though we don't want to. Uh, what do you think? I'm going to say 2-1 to us. Ooh. I was going to say to who? To us. Okay. 1-1. Um, yeah. It's going to be tight. And I'm just thinking that we can... If we're going to take anything from Arsenal, it's going to be this end of the season and the other end of the season when everybody's back. So I'm hoping yes. we can make amends. You know, I'd love a 7-0, but that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but I think the way that they're playing and the way that we're playing, I think we, we've got a mistake in us. We've got a midfield that can't hold up to the likes of Pulova and Katie McCabe. I think they're going to be absolute pain in the posterior for us. So I think they're going to get you know a goal out of it. So not because Daphne's not good enough, but I just think they've got it in them to get a goal and, and put, it, put it in a part of the goal that Daphne's not going to get. Um, but yeah. I'm hoping that we've got two in us and we can get two on the board and take three points. Yeah, and rumours of Beth Mead possibly making a return. Yeah. I hope she doesn't in the interest of her health, of course, uh, not nothing cynical. Um, but yeah, if she does, it'd be great to see her back for our England side, uh, our supporter side, but our Villa side, yeah, she could just stay on the bench. If she can just, if she can just do um, Jen Beatty's proud dad warm up on the side and <laughs> proud dad cheering and come on for the last two minutes and just have a little jog around the pitch and wave at Viv, then yeah. that would be great. Thank you very much. Perfect. Yeah, we'll we'll accept that. We'll um, so Beth, if you're listening, because we know you are, um, if you could just have a little jog uh, around the pitch 
for us on Sunday. If you do come on, that'd be great. And uh, so, yeah. So, you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you are coming to the match, uh, let us know. Um, I've got very high hopes that this is going to be edited and out by, by Sunday. Um, but I'm going to try. So, yes, we are going to the match. Let us know if you are. It's going to be a fantastic game regardless of what happens. Um, and we just hope that our girls show up, which we know they will. So thank you very much for listening. That brings us to the end of this episode. We've got various blogs, video podcasts. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. That's brand new. That's um, going to get a lot more content on it very soon. We are planning a live stream Monday evening. So please check out our socials for updates on that. And things are getting very, very exciting. So this might be Friday the 13th. I think we've done pretty well. So thank you very much, Lindsay, for joining me as always. And uh, fingers crossed, we have a really good weekend of football. Let's bring three points home. Three points. The story of the missing points shall shall no longer be because they will be brought back home with us, won't they? (laughs) So thank you very much for listening. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.